Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. From the boardroom to the bedroom, welcome to the doom room. I'm Alex, and I'm doomed. What a sexual influence. Hey, Orlando Bloom, boom, boom, you're in the boom doom room with us. I'm Justin, and I'm doomed. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Doom Patrol Season 1, Episode 10, Hair Patrol. Oh, boy. Very yes. exciting. Very excited to talk about this. Uh, now, brief bit of recap if you haven't there. watched what? What, the what was our Hair Patrol? Hair Patrol. Yeah. It's, once again, very... it's, it's a huge coincidence that the title of the episode ties wow. into. Uh, what happens in the episode? A brief bit of recap here. Niles dates a caveman. All right. Now let's talk about the episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, not, you know, I'm being a little glib there, but like the large majority of the episode is taken up with getting Niles Calder's backstory with a little bit of a twist at the end there involving Mr. Nobody. And the other half of the episode, we meet the beard hunter who is being sent by the Bureau oh, of Normalcy man. to that go guy. chase down Niles. Uh, it is the most disgusting thing that has happened in the history of television. Uh, yep. But ultimately, we find out the other side of the story of what happened while Jane and Cliff were in the underground and how Beard Hunter went up against Cyborg and Rita. Love the uh, Vic and Rita stuff, too. Yeah. Real nice. Now, quick little check in here, because two episodes ago, I said, this is my favorite episode of Doom Patrol mm-hmm. ever. And then last episode, Pete said, this is my favorite episode of Doom Patrol ever. Justin, was this your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if it wasn't, man. Hey, no, no, I guess no it pressure. has to be. No. Well, I got to say, like, I just love this show more and more the more we watch it. Like, it is really smartly done and gets into so many unique, funny, original situations all the time. The fact that in this episode we get, like, Niles' motivation for um, everything, maybe, is to protect his um, his cave bride. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And he's willing to sacrifice anything else to, to do that. Um, maybe this will end up just being sort of one of many uh, little pocket adventures that Niles has gone on, but... The scene at the end with between he and Mister Nobody was was great and s- scary for our, our our Doom Patrol gang. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Justin. And I know we haven't mentioned this in a couple of podcast episodes, but again, I wish somebody had told us to watch the I show know. sooner. Why right? keep this secret, everybody? So well we have a whole Patreon Slack, right? Patreon.com/slash Comic Book Club. Tons of people in there. They watch obviously a lot of the stuff that we recap on podcasts, but a lot of other shows as well. And literally nobody in that no. Patreon Slack oh, come on, man. ever was, mentioned Doom Patrol, not even once. I remember rough, some people. 
actively discouraging us not to review it and definitely not to do a podcast about it. So very oh, it's wild. It you guys strange. are mean. You guys are mean. <laughs> um, I also this, like the way we, oh, we've ahead. learned about the Department of Normalcy. Yes, and Pete, then we've we, turned back to actually talking about the show. Go ahead. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no more scolding necessary. And then we get this uh, twist here, Department of Oddities, and how it was sort of uh, taken over while Niles was away. Again, Niles. Niles' fault, maybe. Niles' fault. Niles being away and being just in love in the great north um, meant a lot of chain, negative changes to the yeah. outside world. Well, the at, lesson at here part, is don't be in love ever. At no, least part of it also. On, it isn't just stay Niles. at work. Stay at work and don't and don't have any relationships. Well, as uh, Mister Nobody says later on, I love this slide. You've always been a man comfortable with compromise. After all, you fell in love with a Canadian. Yeah, that was uh, a I mean, fun line. I forgot. That was six. a fun, yeah. very fun line. Good stuff. And it's but, like I wondered what happened to that jackrabbit from those uh, home video shows. And it's like, wow, did that? It just got yoked. You know what I mean? <laughs> just because you don't see somebody for a couple of years doesn't mean they're doing bad. Like that jackrabbit got fucking yoked, dude. Holy I shit. I love that. This is a reference I was also going to make of this. The jackalope from America's yeah! Funniest. America's Funniest People, the Dave Coulier-led spinoff from mm-hmm. America's Funniest Home Videos. Not Rest in peace, Bob Saggies. Rest not, in peace. Yeah. Bob Saggies, not how he wants to be memorialized, I would wager. <laughs> um, no one talks about that show, America's Funniest People, or specifically the very strange jackalope running sketch. Oh, I love that thing. <laughs> haunted my nightmares for years, that thing. Was that, I, I only have the vaguest memory of that, but was that Dave Coulier doing the voice and it was like, I'm the jackalope. Something it like that. It was, fast yeah. as fast can be, you'll never catch me. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. As soon as I oh, saw the jackalope. What a dramatic jackalope. reading of that line. I just got to say, I mean, I was Thank moved. You. I was I'm, moved. I'm I don't like to... I'm you a classically know, trained actor, and no, I'm not going to do the go. Dave Coulier helium <laughs> version of it. Oh, wow. It's beneath you, huh? Okay. All right. Wow. Well, Ooh. we do find a lot about Niles's backstory here, obviously, as he meets this cavewoman who might be named Oyoe, or maybe that's a word she says, or maybe that's the beast. I wasn't yeah. 100% sure of the language going on here. It strikes me as a Pikachu situation. Uh, <laughs> Gotcha. Where the Pikachu is sort of like, I'm Pikachu, <laughs> oh, this is uh-huh. Pikachu. And the cave is kind of like her Pokeball a little bit. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. And he does and catch her. He does catch all of her. Oh, boy. If you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, whatever she is called and whatever the beast is called. <laughs> Actually, before I get into that, I just want to go back to the thing we're talking about with back the change. Back to the beginning. Yeah, let's back go to the, the beginning. Back title to the, card. Yeah, what I like to it. call the DC floop to dupe Nah, that's not exactly right. <laughs> the, I don't DC know. inside look? Just call what, what it the this? DC logo. The logo. That's what it's called. Hey, I, got a, I got a bold idea. Let's not talk about it. We <laughs> <laughs> don't need to talk about it. Here's like one thing about- I was thinking about between episodes here. I love the fact that Pete is like, you know what I'm really against? Every podcast we do, we have some sort of bit that we do at the beginning. And I'm like, I'm doing the bit. And Justin's like, I'm doing the bit. And Pete's like, nope, absolutely not. Under no circumstances, just saying my name, Pete. And then this podcast, he's like, I'm going to talk for 15 minutes about the DC flip and come up with like different names and shake my shoulders a little bit. That's what I'm into. <laughs> 
Then I'm going to talk about the title of the show. I'm going to mention something about the recap for absolutely no reason. (laughs) It's like if I started every podcast being like, have you guys checked out Roku City? Like it's this, uh, I have a lot of problems with the way Godzilla is portrayed in the background of Roku City before I press play on my Roku and then navigate to the HBO Max app and find the Doom Patrol and press play on whatever episode we happen to be talking about. (laughs) Wow. What if I I said that every episode? I, I, I think this is great. This is very interesting. I don't know what okay. you're I would like about. to talk about it more. I you love know what Roku City is. You know what Roku is there's City a, is. There's a I have no city idea at the beginning about. of your Roku? No, this is this has been sort of popping I up on Twitter. I am actually interested to know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> this has been popping up on Twitter a little bit. If you have a Roku, um, like I do, the sort of screensaver it will go to if you don't use it for a while is this scrolling cityscape that has like – 50 movie references buried in it and uh it will have a little advertisement that also goes by but it's got like references to like right now they're only murders in the building um there's some modern ones about shows that are out now uh as handmaid's tale as well as like a bunch of older ones to like titanic you see spider-man avengers towers in the background so it is this whole thing and people on twitter are starting to be like um i live in roku city like come oh, nice. find me who who protects Roku City from the uh, criminal underbelly? Hmm. Um, Godzilla, yeah, Godzilla's in the background fighting. Yeah, Godzilla is a good vigilante. He's always seeing people in alleys and stopping crime. Going, <laughs> who Godzilla's is he? the best, dude. Don't <laughs> fucking disrespect Godzilla. Millionaire Godzilla Wayne <laughs> <laughs> is he the true Godzilla? Okay, but. Seriously, though, at the start of the app, you see 1913. We see Niles. He looks old. Like, this dude is, like, maybe, like, 200 years old. Like, it is crazy how old this dude is. Yes, that was one of the things that I wanted to get into here is we talked a lot about how these people are alive for so long. We don't necessarily find out the reason behind every other person on the show, though we've certainly speculated about it before on the podcast. But here for Niles, I think we get the pretty clear reason is whatever is going on with his relationship with this cave woman is the thing that has helped keep him alive. He discovers she's immortal. He discovers there's a lot going on with her. So whatever it is, it seems like she probably shared a bit of that with him over the years that they were Hanging out together is the way I would describe Oh, it. nice. Beautiful. Okay. That's nice. That's nice, little, man. A little prude like Alex up here. Well, and they just were... be respectful of their relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. He touches her shoulder, and then um, that's probably where it ended. Yeah. I think they go straight to the boneyard. <laughs> oh, boy. I every did day. like, while we're All talking day, about day. that, I did like that gave me a little bit of the old Timothy Dalton, James Bond in that scene, except yes. uh, with a cave woman, which was very fun. Exactly. Well, hello. I like my fish raw and in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll workshop that pud. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I think so. The immortality thing feels like a big play here. He's trying to uh, – he is immortal. I think he's maybe keeping the Doom Patrol immortal. They have to be live mm-hmm. on it until he can solve this problem and get nobody out of the way so that he can actually be back with his his girl. I think he is just – it, it's all a play to live forever in love in a cave in the Yukon Territory, which is such a northern. funny long game. The uh, northern northern Yukon Territory. Thank yep. you, Pete. Mm-hmm. Uh, our Canadian cartographer, Pete LePage, dropping the knowledge. Um, it's just funny what a long game he's playing here because Mr. Nobody is seemingly immortal as well. So he has to be able to defeat him on that timeline. 
Well, and also it's clearly important based on the end of the episode because we find out not only did Mr. Nobody exist or he exists simultaneously across the timeline, I guess, but he knows he, he is there back in time. Actually, sorry, I guess that's Niles' memory that he's invading, right, is what we're supposed to take away yes, from that. Yes, I think that's what it is. Okay, but regardless, he doesn't know. It's kind of like a magic bus situation where he's just kind of going flying around seeing his memories. Mm-hmm. Always yeah. a magic school bus situation. Yeah. The uh, at the end of the episode, we find out that Mister Nobody really wants this woman and wants to find this woman. That seems to be the reason he's going after Niles to begin with. Maybe it's because it's just something he doesn't know and he needs to know it. But it seems like Mister Nobody also has designs on her, whatever that is. Yeah. Like you mean like a relationship? Like they're competing? We have like an Archie yeah, Betty. Classic. <laughs> Archie Betty Veronica situation? Yeah, I think so. The, the cave woman, woman is the Archie in the situation, yeah. right? I mean, it, I, we think that Mr. Nobody wants the power of the Hulk Jackrabbit, right? That's the, what the thing is? I sort of think that Mr. Nobody is also a fan of Dave Coulier's earlier work. <laughs> and, and I think that Mr. Nobody is trying to get revenge on Niles. So he mm. wants to get the woman so that he can destroy his happiness. Oh, oh okay. So it's not exactly about her power so much as just what she means to Niles. That's what I think. I mean, okay. Mr. Nobody does seem like he already is immortal. So I don't think he needs the power that she seems to have. And he seemed more powerful than... Um, a jackrab, a, a jackalope that goes to the gym a lot. So I don't know if he needs that particular thing. <laughs> yeah, and I'll clarify. Pretty though cool. I have seen the episodes, I don't honestly remember. So it could go either way there. I'm not tipping my hand or anything okay. like that. Okay. Um, but I did really to get a little more into this whole flashback sequence for Niles. I did really like it, and I liked how this relationship developed. I liked how bad it got. Because I feel like with these things, sometimes somebody gets hurt and they're like, ooh, my leg hurts a little bit, and that's it. But it just got worse and worse and worse for Niles to the point where it made sense that he couldn't leave this cave and that ultimately he didn't want to leave this cave. Yeah, Horcon, man. Watch out. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. That means the ice ice is cracking. And I love this. You spend a lot of time up in the woods and you know exactly where the ice is going to break. Yeah, and then you're standing just on the other side of it, which would probably just be safe, right? I also like the fact that Niles improved their clothes. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, she was wearing, like, a kind of a raggedy pelt, and then he got something that had some very nice sewing and had, like, a nice lining to it. Yeah, really impressive, yeah. He was in the department of um, seamster, seamstering Mm -hmm. for uh, quite some time. Well, he did put that patch on his little kind of briefcase there, so, yeah. There it's got go. some sewing skills. It's there a great skill. And I like the the way that the Alistair, the uh, the hunter guy, we get our own personal the gray situation at the top of the episode. Um, and then later on, um, Alistair comes back and Niles kills him to protect his secret, setting up that he will do anything, even sacrificing his superhero team uh, to, to protect that secret. His uh, box of bargain bin action figures, I think is what um, Mr. Oh, Nobody yeah. calls them. Yeah. Good that stuff. was heartbreaking, man. Let's move over to the other half of the episode then and talk about Beard Hunter, who we meet here in 2019. Like I mentioned up top, this is so gross and so purposely gross, but not just seeing him eat the hair, but the close-ups of his mouth being like... Mm. It was like he was so gross 
like from the minute we saw him in the grocery store, like just the way he was pushing the cart around, like he was just like he walks up to this old dude and like knew that he was looking for peaches and was in aisle five. And it was really creepy. He got real close to him. I was like, I don't know what this guy's deal is, but man, he freaks me out. He's got a cocky attitude. I'll tell you that much. And I don't like it. I had a question for you, Pete, off the beginning of this storyline. So after we meet Beer Hunter and hear him yelling at his mom and everything, and finally he gets the assignment from the Bureau of Normalcy to go after Niles, he calls up to his mom, and it turns out that she put his shuriken in the laundry, and he says, shuriken are hand wash only. Hand wash only, yeah. You are our The dishwasher. Oh, in the dishwasher. And they're hand wash only. only, Uh, Pete, you're our weapons expert on the podcast. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, a lot, unfortunately, uh, you know, a lot of dishwashers now are so powerful. uh, You know, like if you have something that's like hand painted on the shuriken or any kind of labeling that you might have uh, on it could get washed away. Um, it's not obviously going to damage metal, but uh, just for the, uh, you know, you want to you want to hand wash. Yeah, uh, could shuriken. dull the blade. Let me ask you, Pete, who paints your shurikens? Do you go with like a beach scene? No, uh, I'm just saying sometimes they come with designs and art on them. Or if you want to keep track of them, you know, you know, label them that way. If you get, like a, a Bob Ross landscape on your shuriken. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, relax the people that you're trying to murder with a throwing star <laughs> are there you i can't remember at this point you own nunchucks or you've always wanted to own nunchucks <laughs> wait are you serious right now yeah. either way an achievable life goal <laughs> uh, yeah i i chuck of course i got practice chucks i got other kinds of chucks yeah the, what was i don't it like know to what, see? what the question is here but the how do you uh, wash those is my question the chucks yeah, chucks. You got to carefully. I mean, because the the depending on what they you know if it's chain, you got to mm-hmm. basically it's cloth. You got to get in there and you know kind of clean it well. Some wood treatment. Let me ask yeah. you, Pete. What was it like to see yourself portrayed on screen as a, a fellow chucker? <laughs> and you, I guess, are a beard hunter in your own way. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, I wish I was a nicer uh, character, but hey, you got to take what you get. I guess you know. Um. That's yeah. nice. I mean, I thought this whole thing, the life. Fu- I loved fu- every weapon that he had. And I was like, yeah, I would, I would definitely do that. Yeah, I would definitely. I mean, he, what's great is he, you see the, on his, he's not only got two samurai swords uh, across like a Deadpool type situation, although sometimes mm-hmm. Deadpool has them straight. So never mind. But it's like Casey Jones. Um, yeah, like kind of, kind of a Casey Jones. But like the throwing stars right here, smart, just like you're able to kind of then go like this. Unless I mean, you turn your head fast, and then you got a, a throwing star on your neck. Well, you, if you're if you're turning to be to yell, "Fuck, this is us." No, but this is the handles here. The blades are inside the you know, so you can turn around. You know, you got that range of motion. <laughs> wow, that was a, the most thorough breakdown I've ever heard Pete LePage do on anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what, I love it. One thing that I loved is Beard Hunter the, actually being a threat. For the Doom Patrol, because I feel like it yes. would have been an easy joke to make him a slob yeah, a loser. who doesn't know what he's doing, a total loser. But particularly the fight with Cyborg was so cool to watch. Yeah, funny. Um, very funny, but also a good action sequence at the same time. And that's not an easy balance to strike. Yeah. What I, what also, I, think is I, great did, I did like the uh, This Is Us shout out. I thought that was fun that the mom couldn't be bothered because she's... Takedown. 
Um, what Wait, I, I, shout out, not takedown. He said, he, "Fuck this is up." He said, "Yeah, because he, you know, he didn't want to have to go on an, to the market." But I don't think he meant that, you know, at this is us. You know what I mean? Because that's a it's a quality show. Um, geez, wow. Okay. Um, you love you love this is us. Nunchucks and this is us. You contain multitudes, Pete. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> um. What I was going to say is this show does such a great job of making the choice that you don't expect and uh, makes for such a much better final product. Like having Beard Hunter be actually quite powerful, able to take over Cyborg's uh, operating system, right? Yeah. Is, is that what we're saying? Like because he was compromised mm-hmm. um, or anticipating that that would happen mm-hmm. based on knowing uh, what he knew by inhaling a very tiny pube. Um <laughs> Pubis is not it's beard hair that's not pubic hair it's different it's Pu- a type of pubic hair yeah pubes are the beard of the crotch oh my god <laughs> yeah I, I i really as soon as you started that sentence i was like this is gonna be awful oh man somebody call up manscaped we got a new we got a new slogan over here I think, and this is just my interpretation of it, but I think uh, the implication of what's going on with Cyborg is that Grid, his operating system, is starting to take control. This is something we know from the comics. This happens a lot. Uh, Grid either takes control, becomes a separate organism. Nobody messed with him when Mm -hmm. he was in there. I think that's, you know, interesting. I think it's his dad. Yeah. It could be Mr. Nobody. It could be his dad. It could just be as simple as. His operating system was freed and is doing the classic robot AI thing of just growing mm-hmm. too large and taking too much control. But right. I don't think, like you said, Justin, I don't think it was Beard Hunter taking control of him. It was knowing more about what's going on with Cyborg than Cyborg knows about what's going on with himself. Right. Well, and a Beard Hunter did compromise Cyborg um, in his way. So I think that yeah. is what prompted Grid to um, have to get into the full protective mode. So I th- do think Beard Hunter knew what he was doing. And even when the hand cannon was pointed at him, he was not giving a shit about what was mm-hmm. happening. He knew. Giving off big Jim Carrey the mask energy as he <laughs> ran up the steps, um, cackling like a maniac. Um, so I hope we see more of Beard Hunter. It was interesting, though, that the, uh, Vic knew, like, right away, like, wait, did you eat drain scum? Like, it would have took me a while to figure out, like, wait, what did you do? How did you yeah. get a beard hair? Like, um, um, so I guess it was smarter just to kind of just name it and move on instead of having this be like, well, I'm not I'm not following. What is your power? How did you do this? Well, let me ask a quick question here in terms of his future on the show, Justin. At the end of the episode, we see him going down this very weird staircase and finding a, what would you call it, paper mache version of the chief mm. talking to him. Yeah. A button doll version yeah. where and she's then, got button eyes. And he, very Coraline, he screams yes. and that's where we leave him. What do you think is going to happen to Beer Hunter? What's your theory there? I don't think he's uh, gone uh, yet. He didn't get to say any of his secrets. Um, I would be surprised if the whole character was just brought to be a sacrifice to um, the jackalope. At the yeah, end. I think the jackalope grabbed him and is going to start a, a home video review show with him. <laughs> Beard Hunter would be helpful. He would know where the funniest videos in America are, or the funniest right. people. Um, well, I mean, I thought it was interesting, like, that Niles is a doll of Niles. 
I guess the we our first thought was is maybe Mr. Nobody, but the fact that the jackalope was there is maybe not Mr. Nobody. Yeah, because the Mr. Nobody hunts is looking for the jackalope. Mm -hmm. Unless this is, uh, it's possible. Again, I really don't remember. Maybe this is telling the story out of order. Like maybe the Mr. Nobody Mm -hmm. Nile scenes are well before this or something. I don't know. I think the I think it's the Hulk. Jackrabbit is made a evil doll of Niles, and um, you know it lives it's at the bottom doll. of the stairs. And you know if you go to the bottom of the stairs, the doll's gonna fuck with you. This is why I never go to the bottom of the stairs. Never go. I feel weird because I'm in a basement right now. Oh, I am at the God. bottom of the stairs. You doll, are. The doll's gonna fuck with you <laughs> with Dude. my own personal jackalope. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, what else do we want to call out about this episode? We didn't really talk about Rita too much necessarily. I love the line from her where she suggests teaming up with Beard Hunter. And she says, maybe we could co-star with him. And Cyborg says, you mean team up? And she says, oh, yes, that. Yes, Very fun sure. sure. Yeah. I mean, Very I was a little movie. upset at Rita in the beginning because she was like, you know, calling the light being a thing. And I was just kind of like, come on, Rita. Like, what what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like. We're a, gr- a group of misfits. Like, don't call one thing a person a thing. And you know, I it I just was. I thought she was better than that. I thought she had grown. I thought she had kind of you know. Well, this isn't really a big episode for Rita necessarily emotionally. <laughs> She's mostly there as comic relief and also to offer off the information. Cyborg pulls out the comic book that they got from Danny on Danny. I was about to say Danny on the street. Um, the new show. Danny on the street. Danny on the street. <laughs> Billy Eichner. I'd watch that. I'd watch that too. A street goes around and asks people questions on the street. <laughs> yeah. it turns awesome. the tables. Great. It turns yeah. the tables. Yeah. I ask questions on you now. In Russia. <laughs> street asks questions on you. Uh, no, you see the comic book and uh, Rita points out that the cartoon hunk is the gone hunk is from the ad. And did we see there's a the name Mentallo mm-hmm. is on there, uh, a reference to the comic book, Flex Mentallo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. So that should potentially be coming up, which is very fun for fans of the comic book. That's a big spot. I did, I've seen this twice, and I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's very exciting, as is the crying dogs in the background there. That's also pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, any other moments that you wanted to call out in particular? Pete? Um, uh, yeah, let me just kind of page through here. Um, I, yeah, I was uh, the the ice payback. Were, it's it's upsetting to like think that you know our group of people like Niles and Niles is taking care of them and trying to make their lives better. But it's like the more we find out about Niles, the shittier he gets. And, like, we've seen numerous examples of Niles being cold as ice. And when he is just, like, you know, killed some people to keep his secrets and then flat out said, I don't care what you do to them, I was heartbroken. I was just like, you know, it makes me think they're going to be better off without the chief and they had to walk away clean, you know. Yeah, they're walking a really interesting line with Niles, I think, in terms of how he does things. If you look at his relationship with a woman, 
I think there's an argument to be made he's doing it for what's best for the world and keeping her secrets away from the Bureau of Normalcy. But there's probably a bigger argument to be made for he wants her to be his secret and his secret alone in a very selfish way. And I think that gets to what you're saying, Pete, about the Doom Patrol and his relationship to to them as well, that he is coming up with these reasons for why he's doing things, but they're very gaslighty in terms of what he's telling everybody. And maybe he's doing the right things, but often for very much the wrong reasons. Yeah. And I would also throw out there, like, he may be trying to play Mr. Nobody as well to distract him from his true ultimate goal. If he's just because he knows how Mr. Nobody's powers works, if he's having these memories as a distraction to put nobody on that track, trying to protect some other track or like he I mean, he is as uh, he has many layers like a banana. Famously many layers. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a line from, uh, I think Mr. Nobody says that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, very funny. So I do think that um, he may be playing him the whole this whole time. Hmm. Interesting. Any other moments you guys want to call out? Pete, you done looking through your notes or? You could, I uh, just, there, there's this much talk about a uh, magic school bus, you know, and I really want their little bus to be able to fly at some point because mm-hmm. it just seems like it would be. They're really setting it up. Like, who do you think yeah. is the Miss Frizzle? I'm gonna go with Ooh. the negative spirit. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I was gonna say one of the personalities of Jane had to, you know, has to be close to a Miss Frizzle. There right? was a Frizzle in there last episode, I think. Yeah, yeah. Driver Eight is kind of a Miss Frizzle, Ooh, but a very mm-hmm. uninterested Miss Frizzle, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Which good. is not a Frizzle. Frizzle's always interested. Yeah, Absolutely. that's true. Yeah. Well, I feel like the network gave that same nose. Like, hey, can we make this uh, bus that they ride a magic school bus? That's what the network's always trying to cram in that. Kind of yeah, stuff. I don't want to spoil anything for upcoming seasons, but very slowly the main characters leave and are replaced by school children, and they mostly explore the circulatory system. Wow. Yeah. I mean, every show inevitably goes frizzle at some point. It's, uh, it's happened it's with not, all There's of our jumping the shark time. and there's going frizzle. That's basically yeah, It's like they always say you got to go frizzle if you want to stay in the bizzle. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Doug. Yep. That is if, true. <laughs> if. Why don't we move to our final section here and talk about who was most doomed in the episode. Justin, who was most doomed in the episode, would you say? Uh, Well, um, first thought, I would say uh, whoever the guys were that were frozen in the cave. Like, who are those dudes? Mm -hmm. Like, those bodies are not good. Um, And while we're talking about it, I really appreciate that Niles eats the fish raw. Because when you cook cook fish in a space, it really smells up the joint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you wanna you wanna do you do that do that sparingly here. Um, the whole cave smells like fish for weeks after weeks. That. You don't want the that. The ventilation in the cave is not good, especially when you're trying to hook up in the kitchen. Essentially, <laughs> you don't want to hook up with like an old uh, week old trout stench oh, uh, flying around there. Um, so just uh, really great uh, writing there. But I also want to say I think Cyborg is um, – the worry, the tension and the sort of underlying stress is only growing yeah. about what's going on with him in his life. Pete, what about you? Who's most doomed this episode? Uh, I would say it was Niles. You know, you, the, you know, they say in television you don't see people use the bathroom. And when Niles was taking a shit, you knew it was like, oh, this guy's in trouble. So I would say uh, I just – I don't care as much uh, for Niles after this episode as before, and it's a little heartbreaking. So, you know, I hope he's doomed. 
Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to throw it out to Beard Hunter as most doomed. He seems in pretty dire straits at the end there, whether you're talking about paper mache, button eye, puppet, Niles, or yoked jackalope. He's, he doesn't have a lot of places he can go right now, so I guess we'll see what happens with him. And off that, do you think we're going to get um, – uh, since we've gotten Jackalope, are we going to get um, Woody the Woodchuck, another Dave Coulier character from Fuller? I, I hope was, so. Fingers that guy crossed. was voicing a lot of woodland yeah. creatures. Um, you, you have now gone beyond my very vague knowledge <laughs> of America's Funniest People. This was not. This was yeah. in Full House. This it was, was in Full House. Sort of yeah, the, in, in continuity. Now that sure sucked. The Ur continuity. Oh, wow, dude, that's a hot take. And the famous catchphrase of um, Woody the Woodchuck was, "Is that made of wood?" Why he did the hat thing? I love how Pete. Oh, you know all about this. Completely lost right now. Completely. This is a pop culture gap from a 100%. man. Is that, is that one usually in the know? Mm-hmm. How many? I feel like on a hand we could count how many things Pete and I have been deep in on, and Alex has not. It's seriously anything TGIF because I. Oh my god! Oh, you were all, too busy on Friday nights in the nineties. No. Yes, I was out clubbing. That, sound, that sounded real, right? When yeah. I said it. It sounds like you were clubbing seals. <laughs> Probably. No, I just, I never watched those shows because I didn't like them at all. I didn't oh think they were funny. Like, I was vaguely aware of them existing, but I had no interest in You're watching them. You're such a comedy snob. Mm-hmm. I guess I was, uh, Pete, hearing that news makes um, Pete and I so happy that we'll do the Dance of Joy. <laughs> oh, that nice. I know. Wait, was Perfect Strangers TJF? Of course it was. Oh, I did watch that. I did watch that. Oh, Oh, okay. What what are you even talking about? I watched the quality shows. I did watch Full House. (laughs) I watched Perfect Strangers, a good show. Oh, my God. Man, you draw weird lines. Uh... Me and Larry Appleton, we're the same, you know? If you like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to crowdcast in YouTube. Please come out. We'd love to chat with you about TGIF and other TV shows. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And now a piece of advice from Pete LePage. Never use the first stall in the public bathroom. Ha, ha, ha.